You know, you spend so much time sitting at a desk. Maybe you should think about standing at a desk. (laughs) That is so true. I am actually really excited about Uplift Desk. You get to choose so many things like the color of the desktop, the size of the desktop, and they have so many standing desks. I move around all day to get all the different things done between the podcast and real job, etc. So this Uplift Standing Desk, super excited about. And we should also point out if you've never used a standing desk, they move so you don't have to always stand. In fact, they recommend that you should spend about 45 minutes of every hour standing, 15 minutes sitting, because if you spend too much time, you'll strain your back. I also love the fact that they include free shipping. They have free a warranty, a 15-year warranty, not to mention accessories with your desk purchase. And don't worry, they don't wobble. It's completely stable. It's built to last, and you can tell with a 15-year warranty. If you want to look into yours, go to upliftdesk.com slash TCO. You're going to get 5% off your order. That's up L I F T desk.com slash TCO to get 5% off your entire order. It's more than just your output, more than a bike. When you hear your shout out, you know it's all right. Put on your magic pants and let's go. We're cruising into the power zone. Clip in, set yourself free. Come on and take a ride with me. Know what you need to know. Welcome to the Clip Out Podcast, episode 291. This is Crystal O'Keefe. And this is Tom O'Keefe. We are gearing up for our big trip to the bustling metropolis of Norwalk, Connecticut. We sure are. Can you feel the electricity? Crackle. (laughs) So, so many people have been like, why the hell are you coming to Norwalk? So I think we should explain. Why, why does that, why do you question that, Norwalk (laughs) haters? Because it's Norwalk and we have never expressed any kind of interest in Norwalk before. So I think it's a fair question. So my son is visiting colleges and because he goes next year, theoretically. Knock on that wood ladder. (laughs) And and so he's visiting one in Norwalk. And so we are going up there for the weekend. So the reason we say all that is if you live in or around the Norwalk, Norwalk area and would like to hang out with us, we would like to hang out with you. And we will be at a a bar slash restaurant called O'Neill's on Saturday, starting at 630. Eastern. Yeah. So if you hear this on Friday or Saturday prior to 630 and you want to join us, that's what we'll be. Or if you live in the Norwalk area and you hate our guts, don't go to O'Neill's on Saturday, January 7th. Avoid it because chances are we don't want to see you either. Yeah. Right back at you. Yeah. (laughs) So so anyway, we would love to... uh, to see you. Yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a really small, fun group, and yeah. I'm super excited about it. Love totally. seeing, I love seeing the Peloton people. Absolutely. So, do we want to talk about this week's interview? Oh, yeah. So, we're talking to Sarah Clark. I obtained so few of the interviews. You had forgotten already. I did, because <laughs> that's how, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. But Sarah Clark is our interview this week. I know her from the world of monkeys. Don't worry, we don't we don't get too there is no monkey talk very little monkey talk in this so i think none actually there, there's I a think little... we just acknowledge the fact of yeah. where she came from so don't let that scare you yeah. but if you want to have monkey talk hit me up 
Oh, he I, can talk about I the monkeys. I can talk monkeys. So can him. Sarah, for that matter. Absolutely. She's got a podcast about it. She's on the Zilch podcast, which yeah. is the preeminent monkeys podcast. There are others that came along after, but theirs is far superior. We know the feeling. Mm. So, so, but she also got a Peloton at what? Six, eight months ago, maybe a year yeah, at this point. Yeah. And she also did a weight loss surgery. And so she talks about that and what that process was like and then the things she is doing. And she she to, has health complications yeah. too. And so not from the surgery, like things that existed before that. So we talk about all of that yeah. too. So it's a very interesting story. Absolutely. So besides that, what pray tell do you have in store for people this week? Ah, uh, we are gonna talk about the Tampa showroom. Oh, there are some shenanigans occurring in the Tampa showroom, and we are going to talk about those, even though I hear they don't want to talk about them. <laughs> uh, we are also going to talk about the changes made to the Peloton privacy policy, some interesting articles that occurred. We have a visit from Dr. Jen, and she talks about improving your relationship with food very timely as we hit the new year, resetting all of the expectations. We talk about where all the instructors are. We also have a visit from Angelo. And he gives some ideas for quick and healthy lunches. Very, very prescriptive. So you can have very actionable takeaways from some this. verbs in those sentences. That's right. There's some past guest update we got to do, which when I say we got to, I just mean like it's important. We need yes. to hit it. And there's actually a couple of those past guest updates. And there's some just interesting things that are coming up in the In Case You Missed It and birthdays. Awesome. Well, before we get to all that shameless plugs, don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeart, TuneIn, wherever you find a podcast, you can find us. While you're there, be sure and follow us so you never miss an episode. Maybe leave us a review. You can also find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Clipout. While you're there, like the page, join the group. Also, don't forget we have a Patreon where for as little as five bucks a month, you can get ad-free episodes mm -hmm. get them early when they're available early when we have them early you have them early you can also for a little bit extra get bonus content and we have a youtube channel youtube.com slash the clip out where you can watch these episodes and finally don't forget we have a newsletter if you want to have the links and things like that emailed directly to you or a way for us to contact you directly if we have some big exciting announcement and we can't wait to share it with you that's a good way to do that as well and you can sign up for that at our website theclipout.com as soon as you log in a little pop-up will show up and you just type in your email address boop you're done so there's all that let's dig in shall we we shall breaking news in case the sweeper didn't warn you, we have some late breaking news. And uh, so this segment might sound a little different because we're recording it in an airport. Can you hear him? Can you yeah, hear him? Call? That's not our plane, though. We're no, okay. We're okay. We have plenty of we're time. We're okay. Yeah. So, uh, um, <laughs> so this was recorded after the rest of the episode. So I uh, just like to let people know. So if we say something that sounds weird because it hasn't happened yet or but I don't know so we, we're our own anachronism correct <laughs> <laughs> so the news is that Peloton has settled with the CPSC yes and it is this is interesting because it is a 19 million 65 thousand 
uh, a civil penalty. I find that nomenclature fascinating because it's a civil penalty. It doesn't say that it's truly a settlement, but but it is because the next word are the settlement resolves CPSC's charges that Peloton knowingly failed to immediately report to the CPSC as required by law that the Tread Plus treadmill contained a defect that could create a substantial product hazard. Now, on a personal note, I just want to say I wouldn't really call that a defect. It's more like it wasn't being used properly in all time, you know, because these woodways have been out on the market for a long time. They seem to act the exact same way. I don't know that I can call that a defect. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I have to land that there must be something about it that's different than the woodway or they would have gone after woodway. I don't know. Woodway is certainly not as in the news as Peloton was at the time. No, that is fair. But what you're saying is fair, too. Regardless, CPSC's issue is that Peloton um, did not report these these incidents immediately. Apparently, they started in December of 2018. They had gotten reports of incidents where people had been pulled under and trapped underneath the treadmill. And there were reports of injury. So I guess the way the law works is Peloton should have re- immediately reported that. Uh Peloton did file a report, but by that time, 150 reports had come in of people and pets uh, and, and or objects being pulled under the rear of the Tread Plus treadmill, including, as everyone knows, the death of a child and 13 injuries also broken bones, lacerations, abrasions, and friction burns. So jointly, they issued a recall, as everybody remembers, in May 5th of 2021. So in addition to the $19 million civil penalty, the settlement agreement requires Peloton to maintain an enhanced compliance program of system internal controls and procedures designed to ensure compliance with the CPSA. So I guess for five years, they have to file annual reports regarding the compliance program. So interesting. They're on probation. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> One of the big things that I have seen today is, oh, so this means they can start selling them again. No. No. It does not. It means that they have settled the issue of did Peloton do wrongdoing? There was a lawsuit for it, and now they have settled that issue. Uh, Peloton continues to work jointly with the CPSC to come up with a fix that will augment the safety repairs that they've already done. And those safety things that they've already done are the number pad that you have to put on your pen code pen code every time you use your tread. So that is one of the things. But also this rear guard will be added and it will be a complete redesign. And then it will go into production and then they can start selling it again. That is where we are. Yeah. So you're, but this is a, a major step in getting to that process. Absolutely. Because they're not, because I would imagine the CPSC doesn't give two squirts piss about fixing it until they get past this first step. Sure seems that way. Right. So, um, seems like that's why not a lot has happened in the last year and a half. That would be my guess. Two years. Yeah. Now. Yeah. And it's been a, been a it's bit. been two because this third year was the year that they added on. So we're yeah. in the third year. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this was a huge step. I agree. I thought it was also interesting that apparently they had delivered some treads, tread pluses. After. After. After this was already brought to the attention of the CPSC and they were told not to. It says that staff charged that after the public announcement of the recall, Peloton knowingly distributed 
in-commerce 38 tread plus recalled treadmills using Peloton personnel and third-party delivery firms because our first thought was, oh, that was probably an XPO. Right. Like they just couldn't Get pull it back, back in time because it's, yeah, but, but apparently no. not. But even so, that probably happened like the day of. I mean, it, it is it is possible the same day the recall occurred, those 38 were delivered because it's really not that many treads across the country yeah. when you think about it. Yeah. It's hard to gauge without knowing how many treads they were really selling at a time. Also true. You know? Yeah. But, but anyway, it happened, so it doesn't matter, and and that's part of this. That's part of the lawsuit. Uh, another question I have seen a lot of, and I don't know the answer to, but I think is a good question: Where do these fines go? Yeah, my guess is to the government. Yeah, like this isn't a class action lawsuit. This I know. isn't people, people who are, are saying, like, "Oh my people god, like, that should go to the family." And and I get where they're. Oh, that's not what I was going where to their say. Head, where their heads at? Yeah, me but too. That's what civil lawsuits are But it's for. weird that this is called a civil penalty. I think that's, and again, not a lawyer, but just spitballing. Mm-hmm. My guess is that's to differentiate between they had a criminal infraction versus a civil infraction. Mm. So there, you mm-hmm. know, like that's a, mm-hmm. legally, that's a big difference, mm-hmm. right? And so that's my interpretation of why they've been stressing civil, but I'm sure we have attorneys listening that are maybe shaking their fist at their yeah, iPod feel free. Right feel free no. to message us. Let us know. Yeah, but yeah, like I think this money goes to the government, like any fine would. I mean, you know, what if you if you get a traffic ticket, it doesn't go to the people you drove past. No. I mean, I know that's a different level of victimhood, to be but, sure. But the government keeps that. But right? it's also interesting that it's such a huge number, and the reason that I find that interesting is that people do associate this with a class action lawsuit. And let's be clear, yet again, it is not a class action lawsuit. Those of you that are expecting checks, that's not going to happen. That's not a thing. Yeah. It has nothing to do with this. And I actually saw people posting that. That's why I'm yeah, saying I know, it. Yeah, I, I remember you saying that. And it's interesting, though, with such a large number, what does that do to Peloton's financials now? Now, they had they had said there were going to be... <laughs> Some kind of fines, they thought, and it was going to affect the rest of the year. But did they figure in this large of a number? Is this that large of a number in the grand scheme of things? $19 million? I mean, $19 million. I mean, that would, that would set us, we'd probably have to skip a, a, a vacation or two. But <laughs> but for a company like Peloton, with their revenue, I mean, nobody ever wants to cut a check to $19 million that goes to nothing. But, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, if this is the first step in getting them, get one, getting this off their list of things to worry about and getting Tread Plus back into production and to move past, is $19 million that much money? I mean, how much do they spend in marketing every year? I guess I just never felt like they did anything wrong to begin with and therefore... They handled it poorly. They did handle it poorly, I mean, but $19 million poorly, it was like... A week that they didn't respond. They're pretty arrogant for that week. They were. And so all I can think is, as the kids say, they f***ed around and found out. Like, (laughs) I mean, you know, it's the federal government. Like, at the end of the day, getting snarky with the federal government is probably not in your best interest, right? And so, but again, I don't know what fines are typically for this organization. So I don't know if that's a lot or a little, but I just, when I hear the 
the money that gets thrown around at Peloton, and I know that we're past the halcyon days of the pandemic. We sure are. Uh, I mean, all the people that lost their jobs this year would probably feel like yeah. it's a lot of money because they could be employed. For sure. You know? But I would also think, I can't imagine they thought they were getting out of this without writing a check to the federal government. No. And, and there are still the civil suits to come, right? Like, my guess is that a lot of those civil suits were probably in a holding pattern. Until this was resolved. Until this is resolved, because how this is resolved could have a material impact on what that civil suit is going to look like and uh, because now they so we're not done i don't oh i don't think we're done at all but i think this is the first step and getting it wrapped up but yeah i mean if you're if you're an attorney you're waiting to see how this plays out because if they get really dinged by the cpsc and maybe this is well then that means you're probably going to get more money or, or certainly have more leverage in your lawsuit against peloton so um I certainly don't think we're done. I think this is the first step in getting done and a major one. And I think ultimately a good thing like it was this was coming one way or the other. Oh, sure. Right? And they did talk about that on their financial reports. Yeah. Like we know that. So to be able to begin to move past it, I think is ultimately a good thing, even though, again, nobody likes hearing. They have been wiping off lawsuits left and right this, this year. And uh, I do think it's a good thing. I think this is another one. But. But yeah, it's. I think we all just want to get to the part where they're selling the tread pulses again. I yeah. think that will be really good for Peloton. And I'm glad to see that this major step has occurred. I, it sucks that it's that much money. Yes, I do think it's that much <laughs> money. And it sucks that it's happening. But it is. It is what it is. Yeah. So let's all move on. I, will, I think we should also say it sucks that a kid died. Oh, my God. Well, you know? I mean, we've talked about that at length. Yeah. But yeah, but that, that has never changed my yeah, mind. It's, Absolutely. It's totally tragic what happened. And I mean, nobody knows what how that all went down. But what we do know is that a treadmill is a dangerous, dangerous machine. Uh, it has a motor on it. It is self-propulsion. Uh, it's essentially kind of, a conveyor belt, right? It absolutely and is. A conveyor belt is going to convey. It is. But put all that aside, our hearts go out to the family. I, I hope that... I hope they're doing okay in the middle as of... As much as can reasonably yeah. be expected. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't think there's ever going to be a day that that's going to be... For sure. Resolved for them. If you bought a piece of equipment like this, you're a fitness buff. How do you ever work out again without thinking about that? I don't know. You know? I, I don't know that I could. Even if it's not on a tread. I yeah. just can't, I, I don't, I don't know how you could. So... Agreed. But... It's nice that maybe this is the beginning of the end and, the, and they can make these safer and get them out for get it back into the marketplace in a way that is safer for all parties involved. I hope so. So there's all that. We will now return you to your regularly scheduled clip out program. Thank you. Peloton in the news. The Tampa showroom has gone rogue. <laughs> yeah, they did. <laughs> so, I think they've gone unrogue now. Yeah. yeah. But it happened last week. Apparently, there were about three days where this occurred, and there was a discount in the system that worked for Peloton equipment, and if you bought a bundle, you could get $200 off. Well, they just put it on the guide by itself, and uh, when that occurred, you could then get the guide for $45. So, Not the intent of the bundle. Not not at all. Yeah. And that meant that several, there were about 70 people, estimate, that were able to obtain the guide for $70. It is unknown if Peloton for, will be... For $45. I'm sorry, for $45. Yeah. It is also unknown at this time if Peloton intends to honor the, those prices. Uh, my guess is 
They do. I think so, too. It is three days after we learned of this, like the details of all of this. And nobody's screaming bloody murder. Not not only that, but (laughs) I did some checking. Those orders are all still processing. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. There has been no stop put to those orders. And I don't think there should be. I think that that's the right call. Like, that's a problem Peloton has internally. I don't think those people did anything wrong except see a deal and take it. Yeah, I agree with that. It's unfortunate because it feels like it's just like a no-win situation. Like, on the one hand, this is really crappy of the showroom to do to Peloton. Right. On the flip side, from everything I'm understanding, this particular showroom is on the chopping block and not going to be around much longer. Also remind people that they recently reconfigured the commission structure at the stores going into the holidays. So I'm sure there are some employees that weren't too cool with that occurring. So they weren't exactly incentivized to not exploit glitches. Well, and it doesn't make it okay, but it it doesn't make it okay. And I think the biggest problem, let me be clear. We did not say this at the beginning. Every time a Peloton person sells a piece of equipment, they get a commission on it. So selling it that cheap, they in theory, got full commission. At least that's what they went into it thinking, whether that happens or not, that's what they thought. And so they got full commission on a price on an item that they sold way under cost. So what's unfair about that is that somebody posted in a Peloton fan group about this deal and people all over the country started calling the Tampa showroom to buy them. Now, typically a showroom sells on average about one guide a day. So to have 50 to 70 sold in (laughs) one day, like they knew there was a problem. And the real issue with that is it took away sales from other showrooms and it's very hurtful to other people who are also working on commission. Like it's like, you know, friendly competition when everybody's on the same page. Right. You, need a level, you, you need a level playing field. Yeah. But when you have like these kind of tactics, it, it creates a lot of hurt feelings in between the showrooms. And rightly so. Like if I were a person working at a different showroom, I would be upset about it. For I would sure. be like, well, hey, if I had known we could do that without any repercussions, right. seemingly, yeah. then we could do that too. Now, I will also say something that we all need to think about, <laughs> even if those people are being let go, right? The incentive they have to do the right thing is that if nothing else, their severance package could now be affected. Like their severance package would be worth far more yeah. than than those sales of the guides. So something to consider well, that was, maybe this wasn't a well thought out plan. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean like when they start getting calls from California and they're Tampa ordering, they, you can't pretend you don't know what's going on there. When you sell one a day. Yeah. People don't you know. just randomly call stores in other states to order the guide. Like that's just not a thing. So, yeah. but it's interesting. Little. Yeah. I hear that somebody went in there yesterday and brought this up and uh, the employee was none too happy. <laughs> Did not want to discuss it. Dirty looks were exchanged. It was awkward. So I think they're feeling a little uh, chagrined. Yeah, my guess is they got a butt chewing mm-hmm. and not in a hot, sexy way. <laughs> <laughs> Gross, Tom. Well, you know, everybody's got their own thing. Yeah. Peloton has made a change to their privacy policy. Yeah, very minor change. But uh, we just want to point it out since they bothered to email it out to everybody. Your leaderboard name is now your social security number. Next story. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> Do you, you're probably not old enough to remember this. Like you used to 
when people my age and older will remember this used to be when you wrote a check oh, i remember that i worked at a grocery store when that was a thing you would write your social security number on your checks some people had them printed uh, on yeah the checks. I, my first batch of checks pre i pre-printed it because i was like i don't want to write that all the time and everybody wanted your social security number because they would plug it into some sort of system to see if you wrote bad checks so you kids under 40 first off google checks and figure out what those are and then <laughs> once you get past that once you get past that that mind-blowing thing from the past uh, yeah people used to actually print their social security numbers on the checks it's facts and hand them out yeah that was the thing uh so has nothing to do with this story no so just to be clear peloton is not asking for no. <laughs> or requiring our social security number in any way shape or form but they did change some things that there's going to be changes to the policy that take effect on January 17th. For U.S. residents, Peloton will be honoring state-specific regulations as of January 1st. Other states are going to be going into effect on January 17th, and that's where those effects will take place. So very, very minor change and really just kind of out of necessity. But I want to make sure you know. It's out there. Yep. CNET had a story. I feel like we get one of these about every six months. Mm -hmm. Is it cheaper to have a Peloton or join a gym? Yes. They do the math. They do the math so you don't have to. Except that it's the Peloton community, so they did anyway. Well, yes. Because there's a lot it's of the type, Peloton community. There's a lot of type A's in the Peloton community. Yeah. Like, everybody had issue with this article. Everybody. <laughs> Even if you you liked that they came out at the end and they were like, I mean, it's it's pretty much dead on. It wasn't good enough. Yeah. Because, and, and people had fair points. Like, let me be clear. I understand the problems they had with it. They didn't, this article did not compare it with boutique fitness, which Peloton was designed to be pitted to against. To replicate, yeah. But I will also say a decade later, maybe that needs to be updated because boutique fitness is kind of headed out. It's not as it's not as big of a thing as it used to be. Right. So if you're going to compare a Peloton for the average person, I think you do need to compare it to the gym. But even when they did that, they basically were like, yeah, the first year it's about even. But then after that, you start to, to make money off of it. And that's not taking into consideration the gas that you get to that you have to use to go to the gym that's not including your time yeah. to go to the gym and and sit and then you have to like sign up for a class and wait for the class and yada 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 so and hope the class fits your schedule there's a lot of intangibles that and hope you like the instructor yeah. now i will say if you're just comparing a peloton bike to the gym well, the gym's going to have a lot more equipment options for you to choose from. Also true. The Peloton's just a just a bike for but, most people. But it gives you access to so much more. It so does. even if you only ride, even if you only quote unquote own a bike, you could still use it for strength training. Mm -hmm. You could still use it for yoga, Pilates, all the things. Right. Um, except for rowing. So far, <laughs> so far. And either way, I feel like. That even though this article was kind of trying to put more emphasis on the gym, to me, mm -hmm. it said Peloton's a better deal. But that's because I put a lot of emphasis on the being able to work out from home. Like that is a huge benefit to me that even if I had to spend more to go to the gym, I wouldn't. Yeah. Like, or, you know what I mean? To have a Peloton, yeah. <laughs> well, and we say this all the time, not just about Peloton, but I mean, when we're weighing options, we always say, well, what's your time worth? Yeah. You know? And so it's like, yeah, sometimes when the, the HVAC guy was here to look at the, the furnace on this, the half yearly checkup or whatever he does. And he's like, oh, 
these got these hoses, but like you can replace them yourself at the hardware store for twenty bucks. It's going to be sixty bucks for me to do it. Just do it. Yeah. Like, like we, you're already here. You yeah. have the stuff. Do you know what a mess I'm going to make yeah. when I do that? And I don't have that skill set, and I'll never get around to it. And I mean, I know some people they do have that skill set, yeah, and, and they enjoy that, or they don't have the option, and they need to save that forty bucks. And, and they would make a different choice, and sure. that is okay. Yeah. Like, but that's that's kind of the the point though that like there's all these different ways to look at it and there's no way to write an article like this that can take all of those factors into consideration because we all have different lives well for sure the people who love the gym i am sure read this article and go but you miss out Mm -hmm. on the camaraderie or they they really enjoy the experience of going to the gym like Mm -hmm. i think in their mind they're more apt to work out because they're carving out this time and place. And once they get to the gym, the only thing that they can do is the gym. So they'll be sure to do the thing. And so, I mean, I, I get that I logic. Was, I was talking to my dental hygienist this week and she was telling me about. And I remember you were what you said your dental hygienist was. Well, I hear you here. You're going to get her. Yep, that's exactly what she and, said. And all the dental hygienists out there know exactly what I just said. Two well, of them are going to slap me. So anyway, Abby was her name. And she was saying that she goes to Orange Theory and she loves it, but she's getting a little burnt out. And so we tar- started talking about that she was going to go to a different gym and she had this whole plan. And I was just like, why don't you just work out at home and get a Peloton? <laughs> she was like, oh, and not go to the gym. Like yeah. she was horrified. It's And I mean, some people feel that way. Yeah. And I feel the same way about working out in a gym. Like yeah. <laughs> no way do I want anything to do with that. But Everyone has different things that drive us, and that's okay. And the cool thing is you could take the Peloton to either of those places at home or in the gym. That is true. Mindbodygreen.com. Oh, before we go on to this, also, Abby said that you better watch your mouth next time, Tom. Oh, okay. My apologies, Mm -hmm. Abby. Hang on. Let me translate into dental hygienist. That's really the patient, not the hygienist. (laughs) (laughs) But now she'll understand it. Yes, yes. So mindbodygreen.com, whatever that is, uh, has an article reviewing the 10 best treadmills. Yup. And Peloton is one of them. Yes, they are. Best Uh, for streaming classes. I mean, duh. You know, it's funny. They have all these categories. I know. It's like they went out of their way to have a best for everybody. I really think that's all this is, is really an an article to justify affiliate link click throughs. It totally is. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> they're hoping that like whatever one you end up buying, they're hoping that like they'll get credit when you buy it. Because yes. it's like best foldable, best for distance runners, best for incline, best affordable, which would be most affordable. Uh, <laughs> how is how is best for beginners different than most affordable like like what what are you putting like i don't even understand what you see there that could be best for a beginner maybe it's like easier to use i guess as opposed to just like i don't you, see how it can get any easier than peloton you yeah. hit a button best manual treadmill i believe the best manual treadmill is it's technically just running the road it's, it's called a road <laughs> so <laughs> was there a crank <laughs> no but since it's curved like you use your own yeah, it's like free yeah. mode used to be in tread, but nobody uses it anymore because ah, of the it's curved. It's like the Peronis of treadmills. <laughs> so best for serious runners. So if you like to run run without smiling, you want to go with the Life Fitness T5. <laughs> so anyway, that's out there if you're so inclined. If you would like a chuckle. And coming up after this, Dr. Jen is going to talk to you about how to improve your relationship with food. You know what people love to do? What's that? Eat. But you know what 
they maybe hate to do or don't have time to do cook cook yeah some people love to cook i'm not one of those people and i really like when we are able to find something amazing like factor whenever i checked into factor i got a box of keto for you okay and i got the calorie smart for me uh because i know that meat is the focus of your meal that it is and for me i'm like i want to try all the things so as long as it's healthy i'm good it can be any kind but the nice thing is these are like two minute meals you fuel up fast with factors restaurant quality meals and they're ready to heat and eat whenever you are and you know what we even did the math the factor is actually less expensive than takeout and every single meal is dietitian approved it's the perfect solution if you're looking for fast upscale options done easily no prep, no mess meals. Head to factormeals.com slash TCO50 and use code TCO50 to get 50% off. That's code TCO50 at factormeals.com slash TCO50 to get 50% off. Getting this psychological edge with Dr. Jen. Joining us once again via the magic of ZoomTube is Dr. Jen Mann, licensed marriage, family, and child therapist and sports psychology consultant. You may know her from VH1's Couples Therapy with Dr. Jen or VH1's Family Therapy with Dr. Jen or her long-running radio show, The Dr. Jen Show. She's written four best-selling books, including The Relationship Fix, Dr. Jen's Six-Step Guide to Improving Communication, Connection, and Intimacy. It's Dr. Jen. Hello. Hello. Hi. We have a question for you today from Susan Dutton Burton. Um, and it's it's kind of long, so bear with me. Okay. She she says that she puts in at least an hour of solid exercise six days a week, and it's not a struggle. She loves to do it. But what she does struggle with this time of year is food. To her, it's part of the joy, the holiday parties, hosting family, lunches out with friends, holiday snacks and coffees while out shopping, etc. She wants to do it all. For her, that's part of the enjoying the holidays, but she also knows she cannot outwork out the choices that she's made. So between Thanksgiving and New Year's, a lot of damage is done, which reflects on the scales. By January, she's so mad at herself because as she as as we all know, it's way harder and takes way longer to get it off then than it did to put it on. Thoughts? Well, my first thought right away is why are you not letting yourself enjoy wonderful foods year round? Mm. That you are being so restrictive for the other 11 months of the year that it's hard for you to kind of handle regulating yourself with food, which by the way, all of the studies show that the more we restrict with food, the more we tend to get out of control with the foods that we love the most. So that to me, that's the first thing, like to really kind of look at having more of an intuitive eating model. I know that I can have my favorite foods all year round. So December doesn't mean anything different to me than July or June. Like it's it's all the same. So it's about your relationship with food and about how withholding your being all throughout the year. And I also think that if there are things that you love that are seasonal, well, then provide it for yourself during the year. And if it's something that you can't get, well, then freeze it. Then like give yourself a sense of abundance. Like when people go through the intuitive eating process, they do what's called, what I call legalizing food. 
which is where you start to reintroduce foods into your life that you were scared of before, you lost control of before, that you can't handle. And it's kind of, you know, I, I, Tom, I know you will appreciate this. I remember there was an article that came out uh, when the book Intuitive Eating first came in, and they said, intuitive eating does for food what sex does for marriage. <laughs> <laughs> That, well, you know, you can have it all the time, so you don't necessarily need it quite as much and it's not as taboo. And that's the way our relationship with food tends to be, that the more we withhold something, the more we lose control. So I think that Susan really needs to kind of reevaluate her relationship with food year round. Then the other thing is she needs to give herself some room that, okay, this has been her pattern for how many years that she knows in the winter, she tends to put on a little more weight. If she's going to continue to have the same relationship with food and not change that, then she needs to kind of build it into the system and say, okay, I accept that this is a time of year that this is going to happen. I always end up taking it off and make peace with it. And maybe you can learn to love a little extra curves and kind of a little extra you. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's a good point. It's kind of you have to you have to look at it from a different perspective. And maybe what you're trying to get, maybe what you're trying to work toward isn't even what you what you want, really. And I recommend check out my No More Diets app, you know, that it's really about kind of how to have a healthier relationship with food where you don't have to be so restrictive and where you can really tune in. Because also the thing is when you eat food and you eat until you're stuffed and you're full, you feel like crap and you don't even enjoy the food. Like we enjoy food more when we're hungry, when we have an appetite than like when we're just stuffing our face and like, oh my God, I'm not going to see this cake again. So I got to eat as much of it as I can. And like, that's not enjoyable. And and I'm a big believer that food should be a passionate, fun, exciting experience that when you eat something you love, you should eat with gusto and joy and passion. I definitely awesome. agree with that. Yeah, I feel like Crystal and I both struggle with this. Like I, you yeah. know, I feel like we're getting there. Yeah. But it's, it's really interesting because we, Tom and I talk about this a lot that it's like, we totally agree with your thought process about intuitive eating. It makes perfect sense. But it's like that intuition is just not easy. It's not like a, a switch yeah. you can flip. And it takes a lot of work. It's funny. I feel like doing MetPro has helped us with that because we eat more often throughout the day. That's a thing that's really been helpful for us. And so... We never go into a meal where we're starving because for me in the past, that's been a big, a big trigger for me is like, if I'm starving, I will eat with abandon, not in a good way. <laughs> but, but everyone is like that. It's built in because there's a really primal sense of scarcity of your, your body kind of goes, oh my God, we're starving. We, there may not be, we may be on a desert island. We like, we may be someplace where food is really scarce. We got to hurry up and eat it and get as much into us as we can. And that kind of hysteria, kind of like food hysteria kind of makes us overeat. And it's really hard to, to check in and to kind of regulate when we let our, ourselves get too hungry. Yeah. That yeah. makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for all that. Until next time, uh, where can people find you? 
on all social media at Dr. Jen Mann, two ends on Jen, two ends on Mann. Also in Style Magazine every week, I have a column that comes out called Hump Day with Dr. Jen comes out on Wednesdays. Wonderful. Thank you. Instructors in the news. Jess King had a post for everyone wanting to know who the quote unquote real moms of their baby might be. And don't forget the baby daddy. Yes. I have so many thoughts about this reel. I have been thinking a lot about this the last few days because ever since I saw it, I've been thinking about how how the community has grown over time. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that surprise me with the things that they have the audacity to ask me. I can't imagine <laughs> yeah. what they ask these instructors. And Jess King, according to this reel, people have actually been reaching out to her and asking her straight up, who is the quote unquote real mom? And also, who is the baby daddy? And uh, she did a, a great post that showed humor in a time that I sense... There wasn't a lot of humor around in her head. Yeah, that would be my guess. And I don't blame her, Mm-mm. to be clear. And Mm-mm. I and my guess is for her to make a post like this, she's not getting one or two. You know what I mean? You don't go to this much work for one or two stray messages. Like, she must be getting inundated. And it's just amazing that, like, I do think it's part of the Internet is that people forget that these are real people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I'm guilty of it too sometimes, but it is not your concern, right? It, like it, it really, just, it really isn't. Yeah. It just and I isn't. get it's human nature to be curious. And, and totally, yeah. you could be curious. You don't have to type everything you right. think. You don't have to reach out to her or anybody else on the internet with every single thought that occurs to you. Right. Some things can be left unsaid. Right. Hell, you could reach out to your best friend and be like, you know, I was thinking about this. Yeah. But you don't need to post it. Right. <laughs> you don't need to put it out there publicly. I think, I, I, I think even beyond all that, just, I don't know, the hubris that <laughs> these women aren't making this publicly known, but... Oh, you sent them a DM on Instagram and they're going to share this information with you. You specifically. You yeah. stranger mm-hmm. that they've never met in real life. I, w- <laughs> I will say, I think part of the and it's part it, it's a small part comes from the fact that Jess King is pretty transparent about a lot of aspects. I mean, yeah. this whole reel opens up with her sitting there pumping on TV or there was another time she danced around yeah. in her post-surgical diaper. You know, she tries to insert humor into those moments and i think i think because she's transparent about certain things people expect transparency about everything but yeah but i guess i see from the other angle like because she is very transparent about things and is willing to show or say or do things that other people might not feel comfortable showing saying or doing right so when there is a line that she's clearly not crossing then the key word in that sentence is clearly mm-hmm. like she's clearly not crossing it. Like she didn't forget to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> she wasn't like, oh, and drum roll. Yeah. The, the father of our child is right. the person who. And and by the way, she makes it clear that it's not considered to be the father. It is it is the donor. Right. And rightly so. Like I'm using the word she used at the beginning, but I understand that there is a difference and I'm not trying to be disrespectful in that way. Right. I, I just I think it's funny that she's like, if you're really really trying to find out who the donor is <laughs> then ask that question yeah but still it's none of your business yeah. <laughs> She's like, that's the polite way 
to have me still not answer your yeah. question. <laughs> <laughs> ben Aldis was on ITV's This Morning, which is a British. channel in the UK. Yes. For our American listeners that are like, what the hell is that? Yeah. It's because it's it's a big deal over there, not here. That's why you haven't heard of it. Yeah. I guess it's kind of like Good Morning America. Yeah, the Today Show or yeah. something. Yeah. And <laughs> can I just say, though, and I love Ben Aldis. This is not in any way... A knock on him, but I love how they called him the king of Peloton. Like, really? Really? Who who designated him that? I guess you did. Well, it's British. <laughs> they got kings over there. Over They're... here, we have like the senator of Peloton, <laughs> the governor of Peloton. Although they've got governors over there too, but they call him governor. It's just funny. All the things I've heard people say, I've never heard somebody really refer to any of the ma male instructors as king, like in a serious way. Yeah. It's like, really, you just hear people talk about how Robin is the queen, but they don't even say the queen of Peloton. They just say the queen. Right. You know, uh, so I just thought it was funny. Anyway, he has a great workout and that. That's the point of this. He has a great workout to help you kick off 2023 and start the new year off right. Yeah, <laughs> but you can only watch it on this website if you're in the UK. Oh, that's why I haven't clicked play. Oh, <laughs> well, you can read about it in this article. Yes, you can. You and can... if you get our newsletter, you can read about the, <laughs> the workout and if, there. And if you use the VPN client that we had ads <laughs> Express for. ExpressVPN.com. <laughs> then you can also, then you can watch it. Eric Yeager, this was really cool. Yeah. Had a plank off with an 83-year-old woman named Erica Rishko? Yeah, I think it's Rishko. Okay. Uh, she is a fitness icon in Germany. I don't remember exactly her specifics. Uh, it's been a couple weeks because we had the week off there where right. we didn't do an article. Okay, but 83. Yeah. This woman did an eight and a half minute plank. Eight and yeah. a half. She beat Eric, by the way. <laughs> and he's like sweating and shaking yeah, by can, the end. You can see him starting to shake. And she's just like, let's go to one arm. Yeah, she's just like, yeah, let's go. Ahead. And he collapses, which yeah. I would have collapsed. Let me be clear. In the first minute. I collapsed watching this video. It's, it's, it's really cool. And what a great way to highlight the fact that age, gender, all of those things have nothing to do with strength. You yeah. don't have to look a certain way to be strong and fit. Uh, and I just, I love that this video shows that so well. And also the advantages that a lifetime of <laughs> exercise can can lead to, right? Absolutely. Like, you know, an another good example of that, Dick Van Dyke. He's like 97 years old, something like that. Did he do a plank off too? No, but he still goes to the gym every Does day. He really? Have you ever seen videos of Dick Van no. Dyke? Like he's still like up and moving great like he goes to the gym uh, maybe not every day but but a lot that's awesome and he and he swears by it he's like i because he's he started off as a dancer and so that was always people tend to forget because they remember the dick van dyke show i mean obviously people remember mary poppins but they don't always necessarily think of dick van dyke as a dancer first yeah you know? no i wouldn't have either and uh but he began as a dancer and because of that he's always been very fit and and that's been a big part of his life and he's 97 that's really cool. Something like that. Yeah, real close to 100. I, I definitely firmly believe that keeping moving, no matter what your age, is really important. So if you're not moving and you're getting older, please move. <laughs> Don't care what, what you do, but do do something. Christine D'Ercole was on the podcast Sports 
will save us all. First off, no, they won't. <laughs> Second. Well, not you. No. <laughs> Sports were the bane of my existence, and I'm lucky to be alive. Sports will save some people. <laughs> yes. <But laughs> New not, title. Not this guy. <laughs> yes, but she was on this podcast, and uh, she talks about all of the cool thing. I mean, she just, she does so many things. She's the master's world champion. Uh, of course she's a Peloton instructor. That's why we're here. Uh, <laughs> I did not know she had a degree in acting from Carnegie Mellon. Yeah. I knew that she started as an actress. I knew I, she started as an actress. I just didn't realize it was a degree. Yeah. With that. I mean, so many people go into acting without a degree for sure. And I just didn't realize yeah. that. Um, and of course she also does her um, word shop programs and that's just neat that they talk to her. Absolutely. So if you haven't gotten a chance to listen to it, make sure you check it out. The Today Show had an article about the best workout songs for motivation, according to fitness instructors. And I, I found this fascinating. They talked to, I think, six fitness instructors, maybe seven. And it's Stephanie Mansour. That's how I would pronounce it, yeah. too. I don't know if that's And accurate. then all the rest of them are Peloton instructors. Isn't that cool? <laughs> I thought that was really cool. I was like... Why was the sixth one not a Peloton? Yeah, I was just like... <laughs> Maybe they started well, by like just like trying to capture all like from a lot of different sources and then they talked to somebody at Peloton and they just ended up getting them all from Yeah, them. <laughs> well, it says that she's a Today Fitness contributor, so I guess she's already on staff. Oh, that's fair. So that could be part of it. But yeah. it's just funny that then everybody else, it's Rebecca Kennedy and Dennis Morton. I know Ash Pryor's on here somewhere. Just, just Sims. Sims. There's Ash. Yeah. Oh, she's got pink on her playlist. Yeah. Yes, Ash. <laughs> Rad Lopez. That's also nice to see some instructors popping up that you don't always see a bunch. Yeah, totally. No, I yeah. definitely agree with that. So uh, what the... I saw uh, Rebecca Kennedy had Rufus to soul. So she <laughs> it's just funny because that came up in another conversation ah. today about Rufus to soul. So it's just great. That's <laughs> odd. Nobody's got Kanye on here. Huh? Huh. Wonder. I wonder why that is. Well, that's <laughs> just fascinating. That just makes total sense. Just a heads up, if you participated in Robin Arzan's 30 for 31 challenge. Three, three for 31. Three for 31. <laughs> I don't know. I, in case you can't tell, I didn't. Yeah, I, I was Yeah, guessing I that. Mm -hmm. I think that shocks no one. Mm -hmm. So, but I guess if you do that, you get a chance to sign up to be one of the first participants of Swagger Society. Yeah, it, it's super confusing because I thought I already was, but apparently not. I am so confused. But your opportunity is coming to a close, so you have to do that. Pretty much on the 8th is the, the last 8th, day. So. so through the end of the weekend, is that how that works out? Yeah, because Monday is the 9th. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, yep, you got to do that, and then you get a chance to be in it. Confusing. <laughs> Nine Honey, which is out of Australia, mm -hmm. if you're wondering why you haven't heard of it for american and uk and canadian and german and german i won't leave anybody out had an, an article about instead of asking people what their resolution is for 2023 they asked them what they were glad they were leaving behind in 2022 and they spoke to kira michelle yeah and uh did you see what she read here what she wrote here yeah it's not really about what she's leaving behind. It isn't. It isn't. It made me wonder if they like just sent like sent these people like the different instructors they talked to or different influencers right. they talked to. If they just sent them like a general prompt and then kind of like tried to reframe it. Yeah, I know. I I, I was thinking the same thing because the next one talks about what she's leaving behind, but hers doesn't even address it from that 
POV in any way, shape, or form. So, like, yeah, I tend, I was wondering the same thing if they were like aggregating all these different quotes and then they tried to come up with a different hook for their article, even though not all the quotes fit the hook. Exactly. And I just want to be clear, I'm not teasing Kira Michelle. I just, I, I, well, I'm teasing you, Kira Michelle. <laughs> I don't want people to think we're picking on an instructor. No, for, we for will real. never hear the end of it. But I do, I do think that sometimes when people are writing these articles, they get a little carried away, like, because it comes together later. Yeah. But she talked about reframing her mindset and coming into 2023 with a pause, mindfulness, dedication, self-compassion, kindness, and reparenting. So I just thought it was it's not that what she said was bad. It just didn't really fit the, the question. Prompt. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you try to ask me questions while I'm watching TV. Mm-hmm. It is exactly <laughs> like that. Yep. 23. <laughs> so there were some meet and greets in Germany. <laughs> That occurred. That occurred. Well, we took a week off, so yeah. we didn't get a chance to, to talk No, I'm much. chuckling because of the behind the scenes. Yes, because uh, we, <laughs> we were struggling trying to translate German. Yeah. And uh, so what you need to know is that Charlotte, Cliff, and Tobias were all going to be at different stores. Uh, it looks like Hamburg, <laughs> Hamburg for sure, Munich for sure, possibly Stuttgart. Stuttgart? Don't know. I don't know. But, uh, I, the only German I know I learned from Hogan's Heroes. So there's there were going to be three meet and greets, three instructors, three meet and greets. And if you got to go to one, we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Coming up after this, Angelo has tips for quick and healthy lunches. Clip out. Joining us once again via the magic of ZoomTube from MetPro, it's Angelo here to answer all of your nutrition questions. Hey, how's it going? Hello. Hey, guys. Great to see you. Great to see you, too. Uh, So I know last time I put you on the spot for some recipe ideas, and I'm kind of doing that again. This time we have Wendy Kisslinger and Julia Furtado Lavoie both asking for quick, healthy lunch meals. In the middle of a busy day, that is a make or break for Julia. Thoughts on that? Okay, so there are individual ideas, things that are quick and easy that you can grab on the go, but I'm going to give you the the concept that's not going to be a one-off, but it's going to solve the problem ongoing. Bulk macros. Mm. Bulk, it's the way to go, you know, because I've seen people try and pull out a different recipe and every two or three days change it up. And that can work, but it's still going to leave you in the kitchen cooking lots of hours each week. You want something that's quick. The strategy that all your pros end up circling back to, that's people who food prep either for their sport or for their daily routine or cooking for a large family. What they find is going to work best is cooking bulk macro. And then what it is, is you're simply portioning out food when it comes time to eat. And then it's not a matter of this is a, a meal that takes a long time or little time to prepare the bulk macro prep, wipe that off the table on a meal by meal basis. So what do I mean by bulk macro? I recommend specifically two proteins, two carbs, non-prepared vegetables, and simple fats. So here's what that looks like. If you were to open up my refrigerator, my wife and I have a routine. Uh, I, I am, I'm a finicky eater. In other words, I love everything, but I can only eat it so many days in a row without some variety. So we'll make up two different protein sources. 
So I'll usually have one option that's red meat that maybe will last me a little longer because I don't eat it as often. And then one option that's going to be a lean protein, like a chicken, turkey, fish, but I'll have it cooked up in bulk. I'm big on grilling. My wife does some baking, but we'll make sure that we have two different protein options in the fridge at all times. Same thing for your carbohydrate options. So what are your good carbohydrate options? Good being clean carbs that are going to be slow digesting, that are going to be high satiety, but not necessarily carry a massive carb load or calorie count. That's going to be your sweet potato. That's going to be your brown rice, your quinoa, your jasmine rice, options like that. It's going to be your beans, your legumes. It's going to be oatmeal or your grains, similar to oatmeal and porridge type meals for breakfast. Any of those options are going to fall into that kind of best category. Now, there are a few other options like tortillas and things like that and some healthy breads where you're kind of on a case-by-case basis. But if you can go with one of those more natural options, in fact, let's add squash and yeah, like a summer squash to that list would be great. If you pick one or two of those, two of those, cook them in bulk and always have them available, then it's simply a matter of grabbing one of the proteins, grabbing one of the carbohydrates, and you have the foundation of your lunch diet. For your vegetables, you can't cook those in advance because they will spoil. So those you want to make fresh, whether it's just throwing together a quick salad, whether it's popping a can of green beans or other veggies that are easy, portable, accessible, they're really quick. And then for your fats, I recommend just use a tablespoon of your favorite oil, healthy oil, like olive oil, extra virgin olive oil. You like avocado, you could do a quarter or a half avocado to get a healthy fat serving. And when you have those things ready to go, um, Wendy and Julia, lunch will take moments to prepare. But the beauty is it doesn't stop at lunch. You can use the same routine for breakfast, lunch, dinner, even snacks. And it's so easy to get into a routine of healthy, structured eating when you have food prepped in advance. It's when you're opening the fridge or going to the store going, okay, Where am I going to start now and start preparing a healthy lunch that now that becomes a little bit trickier? So hopefully a few, something in there helps a little bit with what you're asking girls. Those are a lot of good ideas. Awesome. Well, (laughs) well, if people would like more of this information only just for them so they can hoard it, uh, where can they find you? They can hoard it. Hoard it all. Yes. Metpro.co slash TCO. You can hoard it all. (laughs) TM. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Peloton Artist Collaboration. So we have two artist collaborations because we were out last week, so we're playing catch up. But the first is Charlie XCX. Do you think that's how you say it? I do. Really? Yes. You like seem actually like, you know, I well, I actually looked it up because I was like, what is this? And I had a little time. And so XCX is apparently was the name she started using on like Microsoft chat or something when she was like 12. Oh, that's hilarious. And it's just kind of carried over. And but then it was weird when they asked what it stood for. She said that it stood for Charlie Kiss Charlie. And I was like, well, shouldn't that be CXC, not XCX? Because that would be Kiss Charlie Kiss. But I'm in no position to to correct her. I will say I watched a couple of her videos to hear what it sounded like. 
it actually wasn't wasn't bad. Oh no, she's really good. Yeah, uh, like it's not it's not my thing. But she like, did a she did a collaboration with Lizzo a long time ago. And I, I guess she's been writing songs forever. Like she's written songs for like Iggy Azalea mm-hmm. and Shawn Mendes and a song for Blondie. And oh, I didn't know about the Blondie. One. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. And but I, what I liked about it too is it like so many songs anymore. It's 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 hip hop. It's all just beats and and rap over it. And there's not melody where these were actually like songs there was like a, <laughs> honest to god there was songs a verse and a chorus and a bridge and like and it still sounded very modern and fit in with like hip-hop stuff it certainly had those influences but like they were actually songs and i was like oh look at that there's there's they do the singing that used to be so popular so <laughs> well i i have to say out of all the people that went huh who my favorite was Tom LaBelle, uh, who tried to make those Roman numerals. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah, <laughs> that was my favorite. Trying to figure out what the heck was happening, yeah. that really amused me. So this one is for you, Tom LaBelle. <laughs> and also, there's an artist series featuring Daft Punk. It's just Daft Punk. Is it Daft? I thought it was. Well, it was for our German listeners. Okay. Well, it was for the American listeners, too. These people have been around forever. You oh, know, yeah. They, 97, I mean, 96. I like, remember when I worked at The Point, we played the hell out of Daft Punk. Whenever yeah. we would do, we would do a thing every night at midnight. It's on Sunday from like the overnight, like the late after what was hours that one club. called? It's called The Oz, and the show was called The Sunday Night Ritual. Yes. And God, they were played the hell out of Daft Punk. Yeah. On that show. And yeah. that's that's what I always think of when I when I think of Daft Punk. So Well, I did the Adrian Williams Daft Punk row and uh really enjoyed myself. You got to listen to it while you did your tonal. I heard a little bit of it bleeding through as I listened to my podcast. <laughs> and and I, I saw that forty five member Peloton users were injured on a Jess King ride when she said to increase your resistance every time they said around the world. <laughs> I think you mean Jess Sims. I don't know. I'm making things up. <laughs> and it was just somebody. <laughs> Around the world. Yeah, you said that when I was rowing. And I was like, I was in a challenging effort already. And you were like, yeah, just keep increasing. And I was like, God. <laughs> yeah, they, they say it literally 130 times in the song. I think it's the only thing they say in the song. It it's is. Just, it's it just is. A, like a computerized voice going around the world, around the world. Yeah, but like to awesome. But beats. cool. But not like how I did it, but cool. Oh, it was it was fun. And I have to say, I think I haven't taken the other classes yet that included this, but I could see that I might enjoy the row the most simply because you do so much like getting in the zone when you're doing a row, like you're just in that rhythm. And because these were electronic songs and it was the same rhythm for several minutes, like it was very easy to be rhythmatic or rhythmic. (laughs) Rhythmatic. (laughs) You can't even say the word. How are you going to do it? That's why I need all the help I can get. <laughs> it was a lot of fun though. I enjoyed it. Past guest update. Jess King, or I guess we should say Brittany Allen, past guest Brittany Allen, was posted a clip of one of Jess King's rides talking about how they first started working together. Yes, they did. And so this has been uh quite uh, a question people have asked Brittany Allen this like a million times but uh, Jess King talked about how she heard from Brittany Allen and how this has been several years ago now she got this DM from Brittany Allen and that she was like listen I had a stroke I was sitting on a plane I had a stroke the entire my entire left side 
went numb and like I had so many problems, health problems after that. And my husband might have been partner put me on the bike and I rehabbed and I rehabbed to you and DJ John Michael. And thank you for that. Like you got me through. She's, you know, back to being, I mean, Brittany rides all the time. She right. does all kinds of workouts now. So she is healed. And uh, she credits that to Just King and DJ John Michael. But also she credited uh, Just King for encouraging her to go on Project Runway. And so then she offered to make something for Jess King. And now Brittany Allen makes outfits for like pretty much all of the instructors. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a pretty cool story. Absolutely. (laughs) And I guess when she asked Jess King that, Jess King said, oh, I've got a bigger idea. Right. Uh, Why make one outfit when you can make all the outfits? (laughs) Exactly. So pretty cool. So I filed this under past guest update because it's about Jen's men and we've interviewed almost all of them, practically all of them, (laughs) Uh, the real ones, not the (laughs) fake ones who try to hashtag their way in, not the posers. And uh, but they have launched their own nonprofit. Yeah, it's uh, (laughs) I love this. The Jen's Men Foundation, a tribute to a decent human. Of course, that is in tribute to the great and late how we got Nick. Yes. Uh, so you can go to jensman.org and you can place a donation. Do you want to go to the what do we do so we can kind of give people a little detail about like where this money is going, what they're going to sure. do with it? The purpose of the foundation is to support enhance fundraising efforts by offering matching donations for charitable events organized and sponsored by members of the JSS tribe Peloton community. How wonderful is that? And people are always doing different fundraising rides. And so it's a great way to like not necessarily create your own or maybe competing ones, but just kind of piggyback things that are already happening and amplify them. Yes. And uh, I love these guys and gals. They are wonderful, wonderful people, as is. 99.9% 99.9% of the entire the Jen Sherman tribe like everybody there is so fun and funny uh, I love the way they support each other still one of my favorite groups on the internet after all these years they still keep it positive and I love this sponsoring a fundraising fundraising ride or run contact your favorite Jensman member or or email Jensman at gmail.com why do I feel like knowing how these guys are this is just an <laughs> elaborate ploy to figure out who's who- the Who's the favorite? I know. That's what I think, too. This has nothing to do with charity (laughs) and everything. It's just a subterfuge. We will run a charity and we'll give money to important things. I mean, whatever. That's fine. That's besides the point. The real goal here. Who's getting the most emails? Who's the most popular? Is it Bradlow? Is it Kovar? (laughs) Is it the Fred? I could go on all day. (laughs) In case you missed it. The first apparel drop of the year is almost upon us or has already happened depending on when you listen yeah it happened okay so the whole reason that i posted this is because it said hint cheetah yeah and do you remember months ago when robin wore a cheetah outfit (laughs) i'm being a cheetah yeah you are two people um is that what you think a cheetah sounds like no it was terrible uh but Robin had worn a cheetah outfit and she said that it was like for a behind the scenes photo shoot or it it was from behind the scenes and it was a photo shoot. So 
I kept thinking they were going to like re-release the with outfit that came out a long time ago and still sells for $750, Oof. by the way. Used, sweated on for four years. People still pay that well, much. Well, some people pay extra if you sweat on them. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> so I was really excited. But then the next day it posted and it was a black and blue cheetah um, outfit. And it's cute, but uh, it was... It's sad to see an abused cheetah like that. It was a, bru- it was a bruised cheetah. Yeah. Hashtag bruised cheetah. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just really subtle and it's pretty, but it's just really subtle. So if you were looking for the original cheetah print, this is not it. I'm going to go out on a limb and say people who are looking for cheetah prints aren't looking for subtlety. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> it, it was so dark that. I love blue. It was just so dark that like it just wasn't my thing. And I didn't even really want the cheetah print. I more like just wanted to see that it got re-released right. and all that. Uh, but anyway, I will say this, though. They had a beautiful teal dream blend heavyweight hoodie that I had to get that matches the blue and the black because I felt like I needed it for my outdoor running. So you're welcome, Tom. I only got that. I didn't get the rest of the outfit. Oh, is that what I'm welcome to? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Yeah. Eric Yeager has a Discover Yourself challenge for the month of January. Yep. Four weeks, you get three trainings per week, 12 opportunities, he says, to discover your quote unquote new me. And this week, it starts off with the 30 minute strength, 45 minute power zone endurance, and 20 minute body weight strength. That's week one. Uh, week two, 30 minute power zone, 30 minute body weight, 60 minute power zone, and a 20 minute full body. And uh, then week three, another 30-minute power zone, 40-minute body weight, 75-minute power zone endurance, and a 20-minute upper body. And then uh, the last week, another 30-minute power zone max, 20-minute body weight, a 90-minute power zone endurance, plus a 20-minute core strength. I like how he adds on each week, get more time. (laughs) Really good way to uh, repurpose your own rides and classes and make sure that people see them too. And there is no week five because your new you will be dead. (laughs) Or you go to February, whichever, Tom. (laughs) (laughs) One or the other. We have new lane break levels. We do. I'm surprised you're here to record this and not just leaving me by my lonesome while you're off doing lane breaks. Well, uh, I've been running a lot again, uh, but we have the top 50 music remix. So there's there's 20 minute levels featuring remixes of highlights from the top 50 music countdown classes. Mm-hmm. Also a 30 minute Daft Punk hits class. So if you want all music, none of the chatter, this is the best way to I do that. I feel like Daft Punk would lend itself to lane break very, very Oh well. my God. Yeah. Especially with the lights, because they've kind yeah. of like added some new background imagery. They've changed up the colors, the subtleties. Uh, there's just some things have changed. I really, really like it. Daft Punk, Lane Break, very good, very good. Uh, also, Discovery Dash, 20-minute level um, featuring a bunch of people that I don't know. Peloton Birthdays. We've got two birthdays this week. On January 9th, we have Adrian Williams. Woo! Happy birthday, Adrian! And on January 11th, we have Hannah Frankson. Woo! Happy birthday, Hannah! <laughs> I wish it were like nine more so I could keep making you do that over and over and I over I wouldn't again. have started that if there were nine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to make up people. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I would know they're not instructors, you know. Oh, that's true. You're not me. No, I could do that to you, but not the other way around. That's fair. 
And coming up after this, we're going to talk to Sarah Clark, who is also a monkey's aficionado, and she's going to talk about her love of Peloton and her weight loss journey after her weight loss surgery. So stick around. Checking in with the Peloton community. Joining us today via the magic of ZoomTube is Sarah Clark. Hey, Sarah, how's it going? Hey, everybody. I am so thrilled to be here on the clip app, one of my favorite shows. <laughs> you you, you are, already got hired. You're, you don't have to keep sucking up. Right here. <laughs> so, you can't take on hosting a third podcast. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> so I guess I should probably start by saying that my interaction with you is not Peloton based. Yeah, but- it's like a really weird meeting of all the different things yeah. that tom does Six degrees of pop culture yeah yes. but brace yourself people it's because we both love the monkeys so <laughs> sarah already promised me that she would keep the monkeys references to a minimum oh, because bitch. i live with you <laughs> i said minimum not okay okay zero, not zilch uh, <laughs> i see what you did there yeah. There's a joke three of our listeners will get. Yes. I mean, even I know that one. Yeah, but that's only because of me. It's yeah, it's like osmosis. A, it's like an STI. So. Yeah, so, okay, but like, how did you guys like come into knowing each other? What exactly did that look like? Well, like all of the really strange random ways, it was through the monkeys. Been a fan since I was a kid, kind of fell out of it. After the 80s reunion, got back into them in 2012 when they were having kind of their big reunion after Davy Jones died. Long, boring story short, I heard about this new podcast that was being started about the monkeys. I was into listening to podcasts, but I had never been on one. And I was a little miffed because (laughs) the first episode episode zilch because the show is called zilch a monkeys <laughs> podcast it was five guys talking about the monkeys and we are talking about what i consider america's first boy band right like there's a lot of female fans the di- of the, the monkeys the, yeah. the, the demographic is about 70 percent for sure female, like when i would go, go to a monkey show like i was typically outnumbered okay, okay. gender wise yeah. Yeah. so you yeah. were you so were like I, hey <laughs> exactly. So I poke this guy, this Ken Mills guy on Facebook Messenger and say, hey, I think you've got an opportunity here. And then he's like, hey, you want to get on on the phone and talk for a minute? And then we wind up talking for an hour. Things turn kind of fuzzy and hazy. And all of a sudden, I'm a co-host of the podcast. And <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing it for the last seven years. Wonderful great hobby. I've met some of the best people you can imagine through it. Like Tom. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> She's like, and Tom. And Tom. Yeah, and Tom. <laughs> yeah, we were doing, in 2016 was the 50th anniversary of the Monkees, and there was a big album and a big concert tour. And of course, as everybody who listens to the show regularly knows, uh, Tom runs the family arena in St. Louis, and there was a big concert. And he got the monkeys there. And we all kind of at that time lived kind of convenient to the St. Louis area. So we had a big Zilch podcast fan party and he helped coordinate it. He got us backstage, which (laughs) (laughs) as much as I mock him, it's like, okay, you like tick, help me tick 10 year old (laughs) Sarah's thing off bucket list. So we're cool. And so we just kind of developed a friendship. I appeared on Real Spoilers once and uh, just stayed in touch. And So a few years down the road, when I was looking for a new workout thing, 
because I'd been in spin classes for many, many years when I lived in Oklahoma. And then I moved to Philly in 2018. So I lost my spin teacher. I didn't really like any of the places in Philly. And then there was this kind of global pandemic. I'm not sure if you heard about it. And <laughs> oh, vaguely. Like, yeah. I totally screwed up my workout plans, was gaining weight because I had that and a stressful job and then a stressful job during the pandemic. And I was like, okay, I got to get this under control. I heard about Peloton the way most people do, I, you know, just kind of ambiently through pop culture. I oh, I thought you meant from creep. Crystal. <laughs> well, and Crystal, because I was, a, you know, I, she was on my Facebook feed, you were on my Facebook feed. And so I was hearing bits and pieces and the creepy ad in 2019 and all of that. And <laughs> like mid 2021 rolled around. It's like, okay, I am tired of the weight situation. I had some other health problems that we'll get into. And I was like, doesn't Tom and his wife do some Peloton thing? <laughs> so I like checked out your podcast and I listened. I started learning more about it. I downloaded the app. I took a few classes and yeah, I drank the Kool-Aid. And so here I am now. Wow. So did you buy like one of the pieces of equipment or are you app only? No, I started out app only because I'm a cheapskate. That's kind of why I waited so long to do it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with I that. I sort of thought about that during the pandemic, but it's, I kept hearing these things about like six month waits and stuff like that. It's like, nah. because I had some stuff in my gym. And like I said, mid 2021 was when I really decided that I needed to make a change health wise. And so I got the app and was just kind of pedaling along with it in the crappy exercise bike in the gym to make sure I liked it. And I really did. It was the thing I had liked most since the spin class I took. And I'm really particular about what exercise I like. And because I was born with a, a congenital heart defect, which we'll get into in a minute. So I'm kind of persnickety about the things that work for me because I'm also a very competitive person. And Peloton just hit that spot. The teaching was <laughs> great. The instructors were awesome. It was very inspiring. And so in February of 2022, I pulled the trigger and bought the bike. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yes. I think it's funny that how Peloton works for people on so many different levels, because we've had people that are like, oh, I'm super competitive and I love that. And we've also had people who are like, oh, I'm not competitive at all. And there's also a version of Peloton that checks that box mm -hmm. for people. Mm -hmm. So it's just it's fascinating the way people can come to it wanting totally different things, polar opposites and still end up loving it. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. For me, it is. I'm a very competitive soul, but when it comes to physical stuff, really the best person I can be competing with is myself. As I mentioned just in, in passing, I have a corrected congenital heart defect. I was yeah. born with something called transposition of the great arteries. That's quite the mouthful. But basically what it means is that the two big arteries that go into the top of my heart, they're supposed to be flipped, but they're not flipped, which oh. means that the oxygenated blood that was coming from my lungs was being sent back to my lungs. Ooh. And the non-oxygenated blood, which was supposed to go to the lungs, instead was being sent back out to the rest of the body. And that's not a good thing. Uh, yeah. So, so is that like, well, first off, how did they figure that out? Yeah. Because I was born and I turned, I came out kind of an interesting shade of blue. Okay. I, okay. So, so they, it was instantaneous. They knew they right away. It. Okay. They knew pretty quickly. And fortunately, I lived... I was born in Norman, Oklahoma, Boomer Sooner, and about 15 miles away from one of the best hospitals in the country, Children's Hospital of Oklahoma, with some at, at the time, and I think even now, a great pediatric cardiology department. They did kind of a placeholder surgery when I was about two days old to kind of widen an existing hole in my heart so the blood could oxygenate and mix. Uh, side note that 
existing hole I had in my top between my top two chambers is the same birth defect that Bradley Rose has. Oh, um, oh yeah, like that. yeah. And then at a year and a half, I had my big surgery, which basically flipped around. They didn't have the technologies yet to flip the arteries to where they were supposed to be. So they basically stuck like kind of a baffle in between my two artery atria, the two top chambers of the heart. So the TLDR is most people, your blood pumps from your left ventricle out to the rest of your body. That's your workhorse ventricle. For me, it's the right ventricle because my arteries are flipped. Okay. And so basically what that means in terms of Peloton and fitness is that my fifth gear is most people's third gear. I can work plenty hard, but there's just a natural kind of limiter there. I can still do everything I need to do and just about everything I want to do, but I'm never going to be running four hour marathons or things like that. So, okay. So is that something you have to like consciously do like, oh, I can feel myself getting to this point. I need to back off. Or is it like you just it's just not an option. You cannot do it. I physically can't do it. One time I remember why I was Oh, in my 30s, I was taking Tai Chi classes and we all went to China and we climbed the Great Wall of China. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try to get, I I thought maybe I could get like up to the third tower. And I was like, okay, so I'm going to do it. And I paced myself. I was done by the first tower. And it was like, I could not physically go any further. So like, instead of doing the Great Wall of China, you had to do like the pretty good wall of China. Yeah, I I think I did the pretty average (laughs) wall of China. I think I did for it. Somebody with a systemic right ventricle. I think it was pretty damn great. (laughs) Yeah, Tom. (laughs) So it's, I am in by nature kind of competitive, kind of achievement oriented, but I'm never going to be up there with those people who are pushing a thousand watts on a ride, you know, even if their bike isn't doctored. I was like, neither um, are they. (laughs) Yeah, most of them aren't. But even the ones who legit are is like, but I get to compete with myself. And that's why I love Power Zone, what my bread and butter. I do, I'm in the Power Zone pack. I do the challenges. And for me, that is just so wonderful because I'm just competing against me. How fit, how aerobically fit, how strong can I become? Can I do this ride a little bit better than the last one? And that's what keeps me going. Okay. And so you kind of do like a mixture of rides for Power Zone to do the typical, like, if you're following along with their contests or whatever they do, they usually have like a mixture each week of endurance and then you've got your power zone max and then you've got you've got a little bit of a mixture that's trying to give you hard days versus easy days to build your base and your power at the same time. Are you able to do all types of rides or do you kind of have to to modify a little bit? So far, there hasn't been any ride I haven't been able to do. Um, because that's the joy of the power zone because you go in and you take your FTP test right like anybody else taking their FTP test I ride my butt off for for 20 minutes till I want to puke it's just my puke point maybe is a little bit lower watts than other people's puke points but I am working at my level seven during those max sprints just the same as theirs even if it looks a little different that's what power zone gets you is it it meets you where you are. And people think of that in terms of, oh, you've got to be like this super athlete or this super intense person for power zone to make sense for you. No, quite the opposite. 
I was struggling early on in some of like the non-power zone rides because like their call outs, they might be talking to an average person's like moderate effort. But me, especially early on before I kind of built up an aerobic break, I was huffing and puffing with kind of Cody calling out these what I now know are like fair to midland call outs. And I was just hanging on for dear life. But then I go do power zone. And not only do I have the zone set for the power zone rides, but in between challenges are just like, hey, this live ride looks cool. I want to take it. I know that when they say 80 cadence and 50 resistance or whatever, it's like, no, I'm going to do a level four today. And I do whatever my zone four is. And I bop along and I do my thing. The one of the beautiful things about Peloton and spin class is nobody knows where your resistance knob is turned. Yeah, that's yeah. totally true. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Tom. Look like you no, have a question. Well, I obviously you love Peloton now that you're here. What was it like before you found Peloton? And like, was there I understand there was a weight loss journey in there somewhere, too. Maybe tell us about that. Yeah, I know. There's a lot here. Basically, I've always been a little on the chunky side. Not bad, but a little bit. And really just kind of the last five years or so since I moved to Philly, it was getting a little bit more than I wanted it to be. I had lost about 40 pounds back in like the 2011, 2012 timeframe and had kept it off for a while, but I really needed to lose more like 80 at that. But then between moving to Philadelphia, I was taking on kind of a stressful job, a new situation, moved halfway across the country. And then, like I said, there was this pandemic in the middle of it. <laughs> they issue you cheesesteaks when you enter the state. They right, issue right? you, yes, so, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm right down the hill from one of the famous places in town. So <laughs> over those first couple of years I was in Philadelphia, I gained back those 40 pounds plus a few friends kind of came along too. So at this point I was like, I need to do something. And it's just, you know, Einstein's old definition of insanity, doing the same thing and expecting different results. Because I'd, I'd always been able to lose weight, but never quite as much as I wanted to. And I couldn't keep it off. I just eventually life would get stressful or something would get crazy. And I would just like the car would drive itself to Wendy's and that would be the end of that. So what happened actually is I went in for my yearly checkup with my cardiologist and Hopped on the scale and I was already kind of thinking, I need to do something different about this weight loss thing because I'm tired of the yo-yo. And I saw a number I had never seen before in the scale and not in a good way. You know, that's not a great thing to have happen right in front of your cardiologist. <laughs> and, and she's like, we need to talk about that. And it's like, yeah, I've kind of been thinking about weight loss surgery. What do you think? And she said, I think if you want to try it, you'd be a good candidate. My only requirement is you've got to do it, you know, here so I can like interface with your surgeon and make sure that we're all on the same page. And I was going to do that anyway. So I reached out to their bariatric surgery folks. They worked me up one side down and the, the other. They, I had to go through like some educational stuff. And then in December of 2021, I had a vertical sleeve gastrectomy, which is basically the one where they take out like 80% of your stomach. And Ooh. Honestly, the surgery itself, it was not that big a deal. I was kind of pleasantly surprised. Oh. You know, living on liquid diet for two weeks was a little exciting, but really that was kind of the hardest part of it. And I am always very honest about how I lose weight. It's like, you know, people who haven't seen me in a while, because at this point I've lost about 95 pounds wow. for my highest weight. Thank you. Congrats. They will say, how'd you do it? And I'm, I'm always honest. I said, you know, the standard stuff, diet, exercise, had 80% of my stomach removed. Because, <laughs> because there's this stigma around it. For yeah, sure. no, there is. People yeah. think it's the easy way out or you're cheating. or It's like, 
I had abdominal surgery and I was drinking protein shakes for the better part of a month. And at the end of the day, I still have to choose not to eat the cheeseburger. And I have to choose when it's 5.15 in the morning and I don't want to work out to still get on the damn bike and let Olivia torment me for 45 (laughs) minutes, you know? Yeah. I mean, I know people who have had weight loss surgery and have rebounded. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. So it's it's not a magic bullet. Yeah. I I also know people who have kept it off very successfully. Mm -hmm. And, And the thing is, You can't just do the surgery, change nothing else about your life and expect it to work. It has to be that plus the lifestyle changes. Which which is, that's where the long-term hard work comes in, like you said, about making the choices. And I think that's the misnomer that people have where they, they think that it's just the easy fix because they think it's just that moment of surgery and you're done, but it's all the decisions you make. It's the long term that goes into it every day. Exactly. I do think it makes it easier in that you've got that backstop of you can only eat so much food and then you are done. But at the same time, you still have to think about, OK, what do I if I can only eat X ounces of food in a meal, what are those else is going to be? Are they going to be lean protein and veggies or are they going to be a cookie, you know, a cookie and <laughs> cheesy poofs? And, and I'm no saint. I have the occasional little taste of fast food every now and then, but a taste because I also know I got to hit my numbers for the day. So, so what happens if you eat too much food? Do you like get sick or are you just like, uncom- like really uncomfortable? Is more like so? Really full? uncomfortably full. And I mean, literally painful earlier on. I'm I'm now about a year out, so it's not as painful. But the main thing you have to do is you have to eat a little slower because you can go from zero to stuffed. It's like the switch and it's like, okay, I'm done. I can have like three bites of food left and like I can't even do those. How like at Thanksgiving, you can kind of keep shoveling that last little bit of mashed potato. That ain't happening anymore. Yeah. A question I always have about you know, gastric bypass of any kind is, Mm -hmm. I think I've always wondered, does it feel easier from the vantage point that you start knowing that you're going to get thin as long as you follow directions? Like what I mean by that is like, if you start a diet today, like a prescribed diet and someone says, okay, follow these quote unquote rules. You don't know that you're going to get to your goal weight. Like you were talking about earlier about that you wouldn't always necessarily get where you wanted to get. You lost weight, but not where you wanted to get. But in my mind, anyway, with gastric bypass, I've always thought if you did the surgery, you know that you're going to get there because your stomach is smaller and you can't eat fast and you can't eat large portions. So at least at some point, you're going to hit your goal weight before Even if you're not doing all the things before you head back up, you're going to go down. Does that make sense what I'm saying? That makes sense. And I think what it is, for me at least, was that how I would fail on diets in the past is I would do fine for a few weeks, sometimes even a few months, and then some stressful thing in my life would happen and I would turn to food and then one slipped meal became a slipped day, became a slipped week. And I mean, I think we all have no and have lived that particular life experience. And it is still possible to do that, especially the further out you get from surgery. But I think what it is, is really, especially that first year, two years, you literally can't emotionally eat. Well, I mean, you could probably emotionally eat about a half a cup and then you're done. (laughs) 
which, you know, that's not going to help you too much psychologically. So it's going you... back to your puke points. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> which is uh, almost the yeah. name of this podcast. <laughs> that would be a good one for a power zone. Yeah. <laughs> um, where was I? Tom took me off, off point. You can only do so much. So you have to learn some other tactics for dealing with the reasons why you were eating in the first place. And... So it kind of and forces so, you like, to have different coping mechanisms. It forces mecha- you Sorry, to learn other yeah. coping mechanisms. And then hopefully so in the makes, interim, yeah, you, you yeah. adjust and you don't repeat. Exactly. Yeah. And that is one thing I would say to anybody who's listening to this and thinking about weight loss surgery is the emotional and mental side of it, I think, was is the more challenging part than the physical side. Because eventually that stuff's not that hard to figure out. You figure out how much protein you eat, you take your vitamins, you eat enough veggies, and you're good to go. The emotional stuff is when you can no longer eat a triple dip Sunday and drown out whatever emotion you were trying to drown out with the food, you have to figure out another way to deal with those emotions. And I will say, I got a therapist. I started it started therapy a few months before I started surgery. Probably the smartest thing I did. And I would suggest that to anybody, whether or not you're getting the surgery, if you're just going on a weight loss journey, journey because you are doing this for some sort of reason. I mean, maybe it's just because you think food tastes good, which it does, which is the other reason I did this. I, I'm not like one of those people who could say, I'm going to give up an entire food group forever. I can eat whatever I want. I just eat a heck of a lot less of it. So yeah, I'm not good at giving up food groups. I like I <laughs> no, like I like no. the food. I like the food too much. <laughs> I only like the junk food. Yeah. That's well, my problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like literally can't eat healthy things. I gag. Yeah, you do. It's, That's, you have your own. You are unique. You are I, a unique yeah. case study, Tom. <laughs> so I'm curious if you had to take any special precautions with the congenital heart defect as you went through your surgery. Like, did you have to do anything differently? They kept it like they kept an eye on like my oxygen levels and stuff and my blood pressure and stuff like that, but nothing terribly fancy. It was actually kind of hilarious. The anesthesiologist came in for the procedure, like they always do, and I always give them check in with them to make sure they've like actually read my chart. So I said, hi. And he said, hey, I'm Dr. Blah, blah, blah. I'll be doing your anesthesia. I said, great. You do know I'm a little quirky, right? And he said, and and he knew all about it. In fact, he actually had done some research projects in the past with my cardiologist. I was like, okay, yay, I'm in good hands here. And so, yeah, basically they just, I think there's some slightly different things with the anesthesia and they... It normally would be like an overnight procedure. You'd go home the next day. They kept me an extra day, I think, just to be on the safe side. But, you know, you know, other than that, it was pretty normal. And I'm kind of lucky in that I I, for my condition, I'm actually pretty, pretty healthy. There are a lot of us who are pretty healthy, but, you know, you can have complications with it. But that's a big part of why I wanted to do something that was going to fix the weight thing once and for all, because I just I knew it was an easy fix I could do to help my system be healthy for as long as it can for be. For sure. So. I mean, it's never healthy to, to be overweight, but if you have a heart issue, that doubly so. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I know you told us a little bit about how you use Peloton by using PowerZone, but you also, when we were talking offline, mentioned you have leadership lessons from the Peloton. I'm curious how this all came to be. What exactly is this? Well... I have been doing for a couple of years now a kind of a leadership coaching stuff on the side because Tom knows I'd need to have like 12 projects going at any <laughs> one point or I go a little funny in the head. And I Well, then maybe little... you need 13 projects? <laughs> yeah. <so> yeah. <laughs> 
I'm involved in a, I started a project back in 2019 called the Leadership, Kind Leadership Guild, where basically I coach library and educational leaders who want to build a better world without burning out. Because most of us really want to make change in the world. We certainly don't go into this for the money. <laughs> I am a academic library dean by trade, as I, I may have mentioned. And we're, it's an interesting world in education and in libraries right now, not just the perennial things of too much to do and not enough money. But then lately, there's lots of political stuff getting involved yeah. in it that we will not get bored with. But if you're running a school or a library or a university or anything right now, you've got a lot of different balls in the air. And it's easy to let yourself get burnout. out. And I just was seeing a lot of good people leaving the profession. And I live those struggles. And I'm like, how can we help people grow humanely, manage effectively and like get, work together, create collaboratively as a team to make things better for ourselves as well as for the communities that we serve. So did some group coaching, did some kind of webinars on, on Zoom where I teach various lessons about leadership. And then about a year ago, it dawned on me, you know, I kind of know a little something about this podcasting business. <laughs> which is part of why I hadn't done it because I know just how much work goes into sure. this. Y'all, you do not know how hard Tom and Crystal work to make well, this. Well, they don't I know how not... hard Crystal works. They know how hard I work. <laughs> no comments. <laughs> but I found something that I could do without burning out, which seems good since that's a big part of my mission around kind leadership. And I created the Kind Leadership Challenge. comes out every morning, Monday morning. It's a 10-minute podcast. You've got time to listen to it on your commute, where I basically just tell some sort of story around a common leadership challenge, problem, issue, way you can solve it, and then challenge the listener to, this week, go do this thing to improve your leadership practice. Very simple, very straightforward, been getting a good response. If anybody wants to check it out, it's kindleadershipchallenge.com, or you can just type it into whatever doodad you're listening to me right now on my leadership challenge. But because I started the podcast around the same time I started doing Peloton, it kind of wound itself into a few episodes that I did. The first one was episode 10, which was like, I think about a month after I bought the bike was when I recorded it. I was very enthusiastic and I was like getting <laughs> on the bike all the time and I loved it. And oh, I, you know, this Cody guy's so silly and all this, you know, oh, Dennis is so cute and blah, blah, blah. And then I was trying them all and I promptly pulled my shoulder because my handlebars weren't correct. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. And I thought it was all going to fall apart because I was also very early on in my weight loss journey. And it taught me kind of an important lesson about leaders want to control everything and they think they can control everything, but there are things they cannot control, like spraining their muscles two, after, two weeks after buying the Peloton. And what do you do when things don't turn out as you expect it? So that's one episode I did on it. And then there was another one Episode 25 was just kind of this random day. I was just riding, I think it was for a Power Zone Pack challenge. I was just riding a Matt Welper's ride on a, I don't know, random Tuesday morning. And he was talking about how sometimes your FTP scores goes down or you have a bad ride and those, and like those breakdowns and those setbacks are what actually make you stronger as a rider. And I was like, that's actually also true for leaders. When you have a, some sort of setback at work or a project doesn't work out as the way you think, or there's some sort of drama has broken back, broken out with your team that you have to deal with. Yes, those things are hard and those are setbacks and they're struggles in the moment. But I know from my own practice as a leader that when you work through those problems, when you face them, so many times you come back stronger for it and you're better 
going on down the road for the next challenges that leadership's going to throw your way. And then the third episode I did was actually episode 40 was my 200th Peloton ride. I was able to take it live in studio with Matt. That was my uh, first live ride. Hopefully will not be my last. And that actually taught me a bit of a lesson because I got on there and I don't know if like my legs were just tired because they'd been a stressful week at work and it was, I'd just, you know, taken the train up to New York City from Philly and all of that. But it was something wrong with the calibration on the bike because I got on it and I was like in no resistance at all. And it was like pedaling through chocolate pudding. And we had like a whole day of sightseeing in Manhattan after this. And this was going to be a 60 minute ride. Oh. I'm telling you. It was one of Matt's long Sunday, <laughs> Saturday morning rides. And that's when you're like, like oh. I need another bike. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, so what am I going to do? And that is where I tied that into the importance of knowing your goal for whatever it is you're doing as a leader and how sometimes you have to adjust things on the fly. And my goal for that day was not to knock out the best 60 minute ride and PR and all of that. My goal was to have a great weekend with my husband in New York City because we had both had kind of a stressful couple of months at work. So that PZ ride very quickly became a power zone endurance ride, had a lovely <laughs> time, pedaled along. Remember, nobody knows what your hand your knobs turned at. Matt, Matt, he's as sweet as I. I, I didn't realize it was that short though. He's, he's like super short. Height. Yeah, he's super yeah. short. <laughs> but had a great time, got a great picture. I'll send you that from our meet and greet. And you know, it was a wonderful experience because I didn't push myself. Oh, oh gosh, I've got to do this crazy ride. Cause he was like calling out minute, a whole minute in zone six and crap like that. It's like, no, that's not happening. Today. So <laughs> not today. Yeah. Not today. <laughs> and so I am going to take that ride again sometime at home though. Ne- next time I'm peaking for a power zone challenge. So, <laughs> so I will do it just, and that was an important lesson for me kind of in my personal journey. And also I think for a lot of leaders who very much have, they want to always do the best. They want to always work hard and triumph over the obstacles, but you have to figure out, okay, what's the most important goal? What's the most important thing? And for that weekend, that was hanging out with my husband and for Peloton, for me, becoming the strongest and most fit person I can be while still balancing that with the rest of my life. And Peloton allows me to do that very well. Totally. Sometimes it's it's hard to know the difference between having a realistic expectation and letting yourself off the hook. It is. And and yes. that can be a delicate line to walk. Yes. I mean, I see it with the concerts I do all the time. Obviously, I want the concerts to make money, but sometimes you get a show where you're like, well, as long as I can not lose as much money as I was on pace to lose, that's a win, you yeah. know? And yeah. so if you yeah. make the losers lose less and the winners win a little more, then, then you'll come out okay in the end. But in that moment, you just feel like a loser and you got to kind of get out of that mindset. It's not always yeah. easy. Exactly. And I think that's actually something where Peloton has helped me in kind of you have a community, but you're also ultimately competing against yourself. And as long as I am doing better than I was doing the last time I got on the bike, and that doesn't even necessarily have to be that I got a better output or whatever, just that okay, maybe my form was a little better, or maybe I was a little more focused or whatever it is. As long as I am becoming healthier than I was the previous day, then that's a win. And that's something that Peloton has brought into my life. That's awesome. So what is your leaderboard name? My leaderboard name is OK Librarian. That used to mean, it's been my online handle for a long time. It used to mean that I was a librarian from Oklahoma. (laughs) But now that I moved to Philly, I was like, do I change everything? And then I quickly realized that 
since I had like crossed over to the dark side and, you know, I'm a Sith Lord administrator type now as the dean of the library, I think really on my best days, I'm kind of just a mediocre. Like if, if a student wanders up to me looking lost and says, can I find, can you help me find an article in such a Dutch? I could probably muddle through, but. <laughs> <laughs> what about instructors? Do you have a favorite? Oh, well, my sentimental favorite is Bradley. I mean, he's just so cute and cuddly and British and <laughs> silly and goofy. I mean, he's just a joy to ride. He's easily my non, my favorite non-Power Zone instructor because he's fun. I like him for a great, like, low-impact recovery ride. And also, as I mentioned, he has a heart defect, a corrected heart defect himself. And I love seeing that kind of representation on Peloton as well. And I think that's really awesome. You've had some great people on recently talking about all of the representation for different physical abilities that Peloton has been doing. And I hope they do more on that front, both the visible disabilities, like things they've been doing with Logan and also invisible disabilities, like what I've got going on, because I, you know, there's a lot of us out there and if you're not disabled yet, you will be at some point in time, temporarily or permanently. We're all going down the same road, guys. So It's it's such a crazy thought because I had never considered that when we had Mindy on and she, she said that like we all just one one if, thing away if from that. Yeah, I was just listening to Mindy's you, order. Yeah, yeah, if you last long enough, you'll probably probably exactly. get there. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So that and then if I want a solid coaching section, that's Matt or Dennis, because they're both just such great teachers. Dennis maybe has better music, but they're both good in their ways. And if I like need somebody to kick my ass, that's Olivia. And I just enjoy Christine like for mental health stuff. She's just a great kind of, if I just need kind of soothing, reassuring voice in my ear, I got it. And I think she's only just a few years older than me because she plays a lot of like 90s Gen X type stuff. So it's like, I know I'm going to get some Alanis Morissette when I ride with her. So, you know, (laughs) that's always good. And also I have been doing a lot more strength the last few months. I've been doing a little, but I amped it up. Thank you, Angelo from MetPro for answering my question a few months back <laughs> and letting it, giving Tom the perfect opportunity for the Texas Prairie Chicken joke. Um, <laughs> and so kind of I've been trying out the strength splits program, which are really awesome because I don't like have to pick between like 300 arm classes to decide what I'm doing going to do. It's like, okay, for the next six weeks, I'm just going to do Jermaine's split. And that's actually the one I'm doing right now. I'm really enjoying him. I really like a lot of the London instructors. I do too. Yeah, I think just kind of their vibe, nothing nothing gets the New York crowd. I've got a lot of favorites there too, but just, he's just kind of got this chill, mellow vibe, but he also kind of, he's another one that kind of like kicks your butt without you realizing it. And I really am enjoying his strength classes and I'm looking forward to trying more of the strength instructors. I go around and, and learn more on that. That's wonderful. Awesome. Mm-hmm. What, do you have any advice for people just entering the world of Peloton? I would say, I know this is said everybody to everybody because I think I did this because I heard somebody say this on the clip out. <laughs> One of the smartest things I did at the beginning was I took a beginner ride with every single instructor. First, because I wanted to know what the beginner rides were. And I want to make sure like their notion of a beginner was going to gel with what I could do as a beginner. And <laughs> sure. it turned out it could just fine. And I took a ride with every instructor and I, because I'm kind of a dork, I even like jotted down afterward what I liked about them, what I disliked about them, how I vibe. And, and, and you it cataloged kind of it with the Dewey Decimal System. <laughs> yeah. Well, first off, my place uses Library of Congress, but in any case, no, we weren't quite that anal, almost. But 
some of those things shifted around. Like I didn't like Leanne much at first, but as I took more rides with her, I liked her a lot more. And then there were other people, but, but it helped me kind of hone in on what I really liked in an instructor. And I discovered that like on different days, different moods, different like kinds of workouts, I enjoyed different things. That's why I listed off like half a dozen people when you said, <laughs> who's your favorite? And the other thing is something I think I've already said here a few times, which was the magic of Peloton for me. And it's something I actually learned about long before I, I, my fitness journey led me to Peloton and it's not to compare yourself to other people that way lies madness. I don't care what your physical situation is because that's the people I see get into trouble where I go online into a Facebook group and I see somebody talking about having done like three hours worth of spin classes a day. And it's like, sometimes I see things and it thinks that not a very different mindset from when I was eating too many chili cheeseburgers. It's unhealthy in its way too. And people just get into this thing of they have to be the best. They have to be the strongest. They have to get up the leaderboard and don't compare yourself, compare yourself to yourself. If you have to compare yourself to somebody. And that is, I think one of the things that allows me to get so much joy from Peloton, even though I will probably never like get above like the bottom quarter of <laughs> the leaderboard, I'm still happily just high five and whoever I see over there, that's all that's useful for. Don't compare yourself. Don't get too focused on accomplishments. Just figure out how to be better than you were yesterday. Yeah, there's lots of us fun people down there at the bottom. Exactly. <laughs> that's all the coolest people are down there. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us. Before we let you go, remind everybody where they can find you and your stuff. Well, I've got several bits of stuff. I've got two different podcasts, which may intrigue you depending on what kind of nerd you are. If you're a Tom kind of nerd, you will want to check out Zilch, a monkey's podcast, which you can find on your player that you are using right now. Or you can type Zilch into Google, or we have a very active Facebook group and you can find us there. And we talk about any and everything monkey. So enjoy it. Check it out soon. If, if you like what you hear from Tom about and want to hear more inane monkeys chit chat, that you can find it there. And then also, if you are a leader type, somebody who an educational leader, a library leader, or just any kind of leader who is focused on building a better world with what you do in your organization, but you don't like want to burn out or go broke in the process, check out my podcast. It's at kindleadershipchallenge.com. You can sign up on all the things. I have a Facebook group as well, Kind Leadership Challenge. I'm also very active on LinkedIn as well. You can find that under my regular name, Sarah Clark. Just type in Sarah Clark Kind Leadership and you should be able to find me on LinkedIn as well. So those are the main places folks can find me on the socials. Awesome. Wonderful. Well, th thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yes, we do. Thanks thank for you. having me. I really enjoy this show. You do a great thing for the community and it's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you. So I guess that brings this episode to a close. Until next week, where can people find you? Uh, in Norwalk, okay. apparently. <laughs> uh, also, uh, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Crystal D. O'Keefe. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and the Peloton leaderboard at Clip Out Crystal. And you can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online, facebook.com slash The Clip Out. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And of course, don't forget our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the clip out where you can watch all of these episodes. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep pedaling and running. And running. <laughs>